Some of you are going to find this a bit incredulous, but here's something that federal, state, and local governments all tell us to do that we should actually listen to. Eat more fruits and vegetables. You've heard about the health benefits of increasing plant-based nutrients into your diet, but how can you easily consume all the fruits and veggies needed? Well, it's easy. By adding Grown American Superfood and Essential Vitamins Plus Immunity into your meals. Grown American Superfood and Essential Vitamins Plus Immunity is a power blend that has 31 fruits and vegetables in every scoop. Organic vegetables, super greens, super fruits, and super sprouts. It is fortified with essential vitamins plus an immunity boost. And right now, you can get a free two-week supply of Grown American Superfood and Essential Vitamins Plus Immunity by just paying $8.95 for the shipping and handling. And not only that, you'll also get a free frother to quickly whip up your healthy and nutritious grown American drink. Go to grownamericansuperfood.com forward slash John and order today. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This is the John Fugelsang Podcast. This is Sirius XM Progress. I'm John Fugelsang. Welcome to the little show that could. Tell me everything. Coming at you live and interactive. We are the muckraking, risk-taking, rule-breaking, claim-staking, mischief-making, hip-shaking, wake-and-baking monster of a show called Tell Me Everything. Taking on fraud, fascism, fear, and fools. Open to everyone of every age, every race, every gender, every creed, every identifier. Why am I talking like Alex Jones on a coke bender? I don't know. We're open to liberals and progressives and Democrats and moderates and fans of sanity and decency and just basically being anti-evil. We also welcome uh, conservative callers and fascists who think they're still conservatives. Y'all are adorable. Well, call, we take anybody, fake patriots, trickle-downers, Christians in name only, and all you racists who think, you can't be racist because you watched a Kevin Hart movie on the plane once. I don't care. You're all welcome here. We'll be friendly with you. We won't br- bring bullshit to you. We are bringing good trouble to the right wing bubble. I am joined by the great Thea Harper, uh, the great Chris Household producing this show from uh, two different states. And we are so glad to be with you. We got a solid one tonight for you. Bob Seska will be here to talk all. Well, I mean, what else? What isn't going on in politics? Also, David Rothkopf, uh, former official in the Clinton administration, Columbia University professor. He's got a dynamite new op-ed in the Daily Beast called Joe Biden is old. Get over it. I saw that. I'm like, oh, you're 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 reading my diary. And finally, in hour number three, it is uh, the long awaited return of our good friend Keith Price, comedy daddy. He's been gone a couple weeks. He is finally back here with us. And as always, and you know, this our most important guest is you. For the next three hours, we're coming at you with music and fun and facts and empathy and history and, and maybe something resembling entertainment. I don't know. We're going to shoot for it. 
shows this weekend, Saturday night. I'm doing an hour in Tyson, Virginia at a fundraiser for our friend Carl Frisch. Uh, you can get all that on my socials next week on Tuesday night. I'm going to be doing the, uh, the Proton Prom. At, at at the Bell House in Brooklyn with Janine Garofalo and Natalia Reagan. It's a, a great show about uh, funny people telling stories, dealing with science, and uh, I'm really thrilled about it. Also, uh, next Friday, Cinco de Mayo, I'll be doing a show with Ophira Eisenberg in Connecticut. I know i got to miss the radio because I say yes to too many things. And um, also, uh, we had a really... Can I, can I say what happened today? We had a really good thing happen today. Can I talk about it yet, Chris, or should we wait? Should we wait and see how things shake out? Yeah, I mean, go for it. Talk all about it. Thea and I had Smokey Robinson today. He came into the studio, and we had quite a conversation. Uh, It is fantastic. It's one of the most exciting guests I have ever had in the eight years I've been doing this thing, and uh, I cannot wait for whenever we do air this. It's really, really wonderful. Smokey just talked about everything. His new album is Filthy, and we talked about how filthy it is, and we talked about everything from sacred sex to hearing Aretha Franklin play piano when she was just six years old. It's quite an interview. This man's written 4,000 songs. He wrote My Girl and My Guy and gave them both away because he had so many good songs he himself was singing. It's really, really a very, very, very special interview, and I can't wait to air it. All right. Where are we at? Are we ready? There's a lot we need to cover today it's 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 getting crazy i'm gonna try to corral all of it um between asa hutchinson being the latest republican to announce he's running for president i know that's exciting disney is now suing the state of florida and ron DeSantis. e jean carroll took the stand in her civil trial against donald trump e jean is a friend of this show and she opened by saying i am here because donald trump raped me and then i wrote about it He said it didn't happen. Also, House Republicans passed something they're calling a debt ceiling plan, which, not a surprise, uh, cuts a lot of good things like student debt relief, IRS budgets, and limits any American growth for over a decade. Oh, and they're being real dicks in Montana, too. So we we got a lot to get to. Let's Let's do a show. So crazy with sexual harassment scandals that are bringing down people and and, and news stars getting fired and CEOs of major news organizations being forced out. And Ted Cruz apparently was working on a plot to steal America. At the same time, Chief Justice John Roberts gives a big middle finger to the Senate Judiciary Committee's request to testify regarding the massive ethics scandals that keep infecting the Supreme Court and expanding. This is the Republican Party we've got. We all have loved ones in this party. We love people in this party. The party is fracturing. The party's nowhere near done. The party is losing its mind. They are pro-life, right? These are the pro-life people who who are doing their best to make sure that it's... um more than a 41% suicide rate for trans people. This is the pro-life people who say that being trans mutilates children, but AR-15s are fine. Look, this is the modern right wing. This is Christian nationalism. This is the crypto-fascist glaze on our republic. They are serious about turning us into not a democracy, a democracy in name only. And they talk a lot about civil war, but they're not going to do it that way. You know they're not going to do it that way. They're not going to have states secede. You're not going to see cops and soldiers willing to give up their United States government pensions. No, they're going to use the courts. They're going to use the courts to try to get power. They're going to use culture war propaganda to turn us against each other. And they're going to use their media as hard as they can to get around this problem that they work in a democracy and their ideas are not popular enough to be nationwide accepted 
in a democracy. But poor Ahemplo. Let's go through just a few things. Just a few examples of rank fuckery on the docket today. The House uh, Republican-led Kevin McCarthy click shoved through their bill, raising the debt limit, while also slashing spending and pretty much dismantling as much of Joe Biden's agenda as they could. It's, it's pure theater. They voted 217 to 215 after they were up all night in the GOP making concessions on a proposal. And, you know, it's I guess it's a victory for Kevin McCarthy. It's not really. It's not going to do anything. It's not going to survive the Senate. It will die on the floor of the Senate like Caesar on the Ides of March. It's symbolic. It shows, hey, Kevin McCarthy was able to get all of these miscreants to agree on something. Their hatred for Joe Biden. I mean, they ravaged the climate provisions. They ravaged student debt policies in this bill. And again, Biden said he'd veto it, but he's never going to have to because it will not reach his desk. He only lost four Republicans. And the vote, it was very, very close. A couple of Democrats weren't there, which helped them. But <laughs> McCarthy said, the Republicans have raised the debt limit. You have not. And Joe Biden's been very consistent, saying, I'm happy to meet with Kevin McCarthy. It's not going to be with him speaking terms to me on raising the debt limit. You got to remember something. Again, what it's uh, 1873. 1873. They raised the debt limit 18 times under Ronald Reagan, seven times under George W. Bush, and three times under Donald Trump. 1873. Don't forget it. Every word they say means nothing. After 2 a.m. early this morning, the House Rules Committee amended the bill to make the right-wingers happy because they wanted stricter work requirements for government benefits. You know, <laughs> people who are struggling economically to get by, we're going to make it harder on you. Yeah, no, we're not going to give you a hand up. We're going to make it harder on you and then ask why things aren't getting better when you're getting all this help. Nancy Mace, who's the moderate holdout, she she went for it in the end. Only four Republicans voted against it, uh, most of them because it wasn't dickish enough. Ken Buck, Andy Biggs, Tim Burchett, and Matt Gertz. So, <laughs> you know, congratulations, Kevin McCarthy. You got them to pretend to agree to something that is completely meaningless. You might be the most significant Republican in the world today. But look at the Montana House of Representatives. When we talk about performative cruelty... When we talk about being dickish for its own sake, when we talk about this cynical view of voters and a cynical view of white Christians that believes you have to be mean to marginalize peoples, as mean as you can be to get the Christian vote. That's the curse, the disease of Trump and DeSantisism. Get it. We're, we're being fed so much about Trump and DeSantis at each other's throats. They're, they're guys, they're virtually the same person. They believe in all the same things. Donald Trump says that he's different because he wants to protect Social Security and Medicare. That's a lie. His budgets had cuts for Social Security and Medicare in them, okay? They're the same person with different bad haircuts and different ways of hiding the fact that they don't like doing sit-ups. That, that, that's, that's really it. But over in Montana, oh, Montana, their House of Representatives today blocked the state's first and only transgender legislator from the chamber. For the rest of the legislative session, there's been a grudge match going on in Montana for a few days. Representative Zoe Zephyr, who is not just trans in Montana, but has the coolest name of anyone living in Montana. Fight me on that one. Zoe Zephyr has been warning them all week that they'll have blood on their hands if they vote for a bill to ban gender affirming care for minors. Now, of course, language like that probably doesn't help. But Zoe Zephyr, for fighting hard 
for the dignity and rights of trans citizens in Montana was barred from the House floor today and the anteroom and the galley. 68 to 32 vote that the minority leader Democrat Kim Abbott said was the wrong choice. Zoe Zephyr, who really needs an animated series, will only be allowed to cast votes remotely until the end of the legislative session. She gave these remarks on April 18th. And after that, they wouldn't let her speak on the House floor. The speaker kept on refusing to recognize her during debate. There were all these proposals about transgender youth in Montana. And on Monday, this gag order was going crazy. Officers were trying, were in the gallery trying to clear a crowd of her supporters saying, let her speak. Seven people were arrested today. Well, Montana Republicans said, we're going we're gonna to find consensus on this and solve the problem by kicking you out of the chamber. She can still vote remotely. Have you ever heard of any such a thing before? All these big, tough guys terrified, terrified of a trans woman. (laughs) In the midst of all of this, Ted Cruz. We cannot let Ted Cruz slide under the bridge. This recorded conversation you may have heard already with Fox Business host and my former colleague Maria Bartiromo. This was a few days ahead of the January 6th insurrection terrorist attack, tourist visit, whatever you want to call it. Ted was talking about a plan to create a commission a commission to sort of give legitimacy to his efforts to throw out the popular will of the American people and to keep Trump in the White House. Sorry, Melber played this uh, last night. Cruz is flipping out. Here's a here's a quick little snippet of the secret recording of Ted Cruz revealing his coup plot to overturn Joe Biden's 2020 win and keep Trump in the White House. Who's deciding who, who gets inaugurated? He with billions of results of that commission and what they find. And if they found credible evidence of fraud that undermines confidence in the electoral results in any given state, they would report on that. But there was none. The tape gets better. You hear Ted saying this will all be okay by January 6th. Ted was in on the plot to take the American people's choice away from them. When you're a senator, you're supposed to be loyal to the United States and its government. I'm pretty sure plotting a coup is the opposite of loyalty. So, oh, speaking of that, too, I'm sorry. There's so much Republican fuckery I've got to get through today. Uh, Chief Justice John Roberts, we talked about it yesterday. He has declined to testify before the Senate Judiciary Committee after all these shocking reports on how Clarence Thomas was taking all these gifts and all this real estate deals he was making with this GOP mega donor who has a fetish for uh, Nazi trinkets. It's a good time. Uh, Democrats have called for hearings after ProPublica published this report that showed Clarence Thomas had been accepting luxury trips from his billionaire friend for more than two decades. This court is now so stacked with these right wing hacks. They're all handpicked by the Federalist Society, backed by dark money. They all most of them lie in their confirmation hearings. Donald Trump's three appointees all did. Two of them are completely invalid. One of them is Neil Gorsuch, because, again, the sitting president, Obama, was never allowed an up or down vote on his duly appointed nominee. We just found out that Neil Gorsuch, again, who should be impeached because he's sitting in a seat that's stolen merchandise. He found a buyer for this 40 acre property he was trying to sell for a couple of years. Nobody would buy it. 40 acres. No one wanted it. And then nine days after he got his dick in the Supreme Court. (laughs) Uh, Someone paid for it. Now, um, here's the deal. Greenberg Tarig has been involved in at least 22 cases before or presented to the court. Twelve cases in which Gorsuch's opinion was recorded show that he sided with Greenberg Tarig clients eight times 
and against them four times. And John Roberts says there's no problem here. He will not be coming to the Senate on the 2nd of May as he was invited to testify about these bloody, crazy ethics issues that are plaguing the U.S. Supreme Court, which has no credibility anymore. When a mook like me knows that there's no oversight, I mean, he sent out this letter just saying, oh, this is our ethics principles and our practices. Dick Durbin said it's time for Congress to accept its responsibility to establish an enforceable code of ethics for the Supreme Court, the only agency of our government without it. I'm stunned by John Roberts and how much he doesn't care about the optics on this. It's it blows my mind for a guy who seems so obsessed with this place in history to run this kind of interference for rank corruption. And Democrats, let's see if they can do anything about it. I mean, they don't really have the numbers, do they? Feinstein's not there. Manchin and Cinema aren't really Democrats. They don't have the numbers to get a subpoena for a chief justice. But in the middle of it all, Donald Trump's there to remind us that when it comes to stupid corruption, he rules. He is under criminal investigation for his insurrection and the other matters. You know, the Eugene Carroll case began today. He's going to get indicted more. And now he's threatening to completely destroy the Republican Party's primary debate plans because they scheduled the first two debates without his approval. <laughs> they have to run it by him first. Uh, we're looking at a field now that's Nikki Haley, Tim Scott, Asa Hutchinson, right? Donald Trump, presumably in the next month. Ron DeSantis, Chris Christie's going to run. Ooh, it's the Suicide Squad. The point is, the fuckery's not over. The resistance is not over. And Joe Biden's not going to save us. Kamala Harris is not going to save us. And Obama, Hillary, AOC, Democrats aren't going to save us. Batman, Gandhi, Jesus, Beyonce, Rachel Maddow, none of them. It's up to us. It's up to everybody to be informed, to push back against this, to use nonviolence and ridicule every day, and to make sure that everyone we know knows why it's so important to show up and vote. Although I do think Roe v. Wade is going to make that very easy for us. Now, here's one really quick one. This is Senator Lindsey Graham, who's now saying that Democrats have declared war on fetuses. Here is their argument going into 2024. After Dobbs, our Democratic friends are basically declaring war on the unborn. This is an emotional decision. Two thirds of Americans believe abortion should be limited uh, after the first three months. And our friends on the other side have the Women's Health Protection Act, which has really no limits on abortion. Yeah, you know what? Here's the thing, Lindsay. Uh, no one gets abortions in the third trimester because they're bored. OK, second trimester abortions. Here's a really simple formula. OK, y you ready for this? How, how do you know if a second trimester abortion is a right thing or not? Here's how it works, Lindsay. Do you have a womb and ovaries? If you don't, it's none of your goddamn business. It's pretty simple, right? Uh, Lindsay, are, are, are you the one who's pregnant in question? If you are not, it's none of your goddamn business. Your Y chromosome is proof of your irrelevancy to this debate. We want to know what you guys think. We are at 866-997-4748. Richard is calling from Houston. Richard, good evening and welcome. Uh, hey, John, I just wanted to, you know, tell you something. I've talked to you a lot of times, um, but since last I talked to you, my uh, beautiful uh, African-American queen has become my wife. Whoa, so, congratulations. Uh, 
<laughs> yep, I'm very, very happy. I'm happy as she'll have me. But Nice. When did you get married? I, 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 when did you marry? Uh, just a couple of months ago. Just a couple of months ago. Simple. Nice. Nothing fancy. How lovely. But Congratulations. I'm, I'm going to tell you what I am and she is, is the right wing's nightmare. I am a Jewish American man married to an African-American woman, and we're going to have Jewish African-American children. So oh my that's their God. nightmare. Oh, my God. What, Bud, Budweiser will be sending your family a commemorative can of something very soon, I'm sure. That's amazing. Congratulations. <laughs> you, you make me love Texas more. Yeah, well, you know, that's one thing I'm going to tell you, John. They are trying to suppress us here. We know it. They are trying to do everything. I live in Montgomery County. Right across the border from me is Harris County. They are mm -hmm. doing everything they can to suppress the vote in Harris County because when Harris County gets to 68 67%, the entirety of Texas goes. And they yeah. are going to do their damnedest to suppress the vote here. But right. everything we're seeing here, out of the GOP playbook, and I'm just going to lay this out, it, it, out. it reminds me so much of fascism, not just the assault on a uh, LGBTQ, not just the assault uh, and the suppression of dissenting voices, not just the attack on the press, but the attack on the education system. Yeah. People forget that they that the fascists hated a free minded education system. They wanted to bully professors into teaching a idealized version of German and Italian history. And if what are we witnessing here? What are, what are we witnessing here, both with Stop Woke and Don't Say Gay? If you go into the U.S. Yep. Holocaust Museum, you know, there's this there's this sign hanging there that that it gives you the warning signs that your country might be slipping into fascism. It's sort of like a, a Jeff Foxworthy thing. You might be a fascist if. And the, the, mm -hmm. the poster they have hung in the museum, the early warning signs, powerful and continuing nationalism, disdain mm -hmm. for human rights. I, I think shitting on migrants legally seeking asylum counts there. Identification of enemies as a unifying cause. They are really trying hard with the trans people, aren't they? Uh, supremacy of the military. Yeah, although these, these guys are backing off of that a little bit because the last war tested poorly. They'll wait 10 years. Rampant sexism. That may have gotten Tucker fired. Controlled mass media. They have their own. Uh, obsession with national security. Again, that's there, but it's a bit more muted than it's been in previous administrations. Religion and government intertwined. Always, it alarms always me. a warning sign of fascism. Uh, corporate power protected. Mussolini said that fascism should be called corporatism because it's the it's corporations controlling the government. Labor power suppressed. I mean, it's like I'm reading Donald Trump's journal. Disdain for intellectuals and the arts. <laughs> Obsession with crime and punishment. Rampant cronyism and corruption. And finally, fraudulent elections. If they're not fascist yet, it's not for lack of trying, Richard. Yep. John, I'm going to say this again. I know you're not a, uh, I'm a man of faith and I believe you are doing God's work here. Thank you're you. You're very kind. I, listen, if dick jokes count as God's work, then, not, then, then then give me my trophy. Thank you so very much, Richard. Congratulations on your wedding and congratulations to your wife as well. You guys are awesome. Thank you. Thank you. 866-997. That's so nice. You remember when he called a couple times before and about how interesting it was for the two of them in Texas. But we got to remember, 
there's a lot of good people in Texas. There's a lot. They're not purple yet, but they will be in our lifetime. It's getting younger. Let's go to Chris in Pennsylvania. Hey, Chris, what's up? Hi, John. What's up, my man? What's up with you, man? It's so good to hear from you. John, I want to talk about Tucker's firing. I, I hated Tucker. He was the worst journalist ever. But Bill and I were way worse for Fox News, I think. Okay. I think Bill and I was a homophobe and, and a transgender. He hates transgenders. And so did Tucker. He called people to see when you don't say that word. Yeah, you know, remember, hey, what have I been saying the last two nights on the air, Chris? Uh, it's going to be all the text messages we haven't heard yet. And more and more indications say that that's what got him fired, that he was calling um, not just Trump's lawyer uh, the C word, but that he was calling a female executive at Fox News the C word repeatedly. Uh, <laughs> apparently, Rupert really wanted to be the one to fire him himself. The only time you do that is when you do stand up sometimes. When you want to be shocking, that's the only time you do it. Tucker's not a stand-up. Yeah, no, you don't. You don't. You don't actually call women that word in stand-up either. I, 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 maybe there's a way to do that and make it funny, but I've never seen it. I mean, yeah, I, I, hey, did you have Carol Burnett on your show? I love her. Yeah, Carol Burnett's done it. She's done our show. Yes. She's very, she's very progressive. Did, did you know that? She's very what? She's very progressive, like us. Oh, yes, you know she that. is. And and, her, and by the way, her daughter's done this show a bunch of times, too. Her daughter, Jody Hamilton, is one of my favorite podcasters, and he's a, she's a dynamite yeah. political person. But yeah, Carol, Carol's done the show. I just posted a, I just tweeted out a photo uh, uh, with Carol for her birthday. She's 90 years young today, and yeah. honestly, but I've met her a few times, and it's always a thrill, and she is so ferociously uh, smart and talented. I would vote for her to be president in a second, because just because you're 90 doesn't mean you're not with it. Huh? How about, did you ever have Led Zeppelin on your show? Never had Led Zeppelin on my show, no. Led Zeppelin? How long? <laughs> they, they, you know, I've never, no, but I've never interviewed any of them. I've had, I've, interv- I've interviewed Sex Pistols. I've, I've interviewed, you know, half the Beatles. I've interviewed uh, a whole bunch of people from a whole bunch of bands, but I've never, I've never uh, interviewed anyone from Zeppelin. What's Led Zeppelin's politics? You don't really say. I think he's progressive. I don't know. I, I couldn't tell you. I, I think I think Led Zeppelin's politics is uh, let's hope Me Too doesn't stretch all the way back to investigating the 70s and who slept with who in the rock star era. Oh, That's what I think. Their oh, politics I've seen is. Jeff Ross. He was amazing. He was amazing. Oh, Jeff Ross. Yeah. That, oh, great. Yeah. He's a very funny guy. I've known him a long time. Yeah, he, I recommend you see him. I've, I've been seeing him since 1993. I, I used to do open <laughs> mics with him. He's a great guy. And did you ever see? You should check out a stand up, don't you? Yes, actually, I should actually at some point I should check out his stand up. Yeah, it's true. I just I'm a fan of his scat singing. Uh, go ahead, Chris. Did you ever see uh, Nikki Glazer on your show? She's real funny. Who who again? Nikki Glazer. Nikki Glazer has done the show a bunch of times. Yeah, and I and I loved her last special. I thought her last special was really smart, really funny. She's really, she's really pretty. What do you think? I I I I wouldn't kick her out of bed for eating crackers. Right. <laughs> I haven't said what? that since I was a kid. I like Who else a lot is, of comedians. I like a lot of comedians, too. Who do you like? Uh, Wanda Sykes. She's amazing. And well, Wanda's on the show a bunch of times. Yeah. And Jane Wins. What a sweet... She's on the weekend split now. You should watch it. Okay. Well, you have oh, yeah. Jane Lynch, yeah. Lynch. Jane Lynch has yeah. done. Yeah, Jane Lynch has done our show many, many times. Jane uh, Lynch I, has a whole second like coming in her career as a, as a phenomenal like game show type host. 
She really does. Really, and she talks, really, she's talked about it, it a lot. Well. She's really good at it. Yeah. I first mm-hmm. met Jane Lynch. She and I were on the show, the Michael Richards show together many years ago when Michael Richards briefly had a sitcom um, and, and they fired her. And I was like, you're firing that lady? She's brilliant. And uh, she was like my only friend on set. And then, of course, she went on to very good things. Yeah. Now you're doing stand-up. Do they require you get the vaccine mandate when you do uh, I only pl- I, I only play in places that demand performers don't have the vaccine. Uh, in fact, I actually am offering a service now where we will remove your previous vaccines. I have a, we can take away your rubella, your measles, your mumps, whatever you need. We can actually we can suck the old vaccines out of you. I'm going to be marketing that at Republican events throughout hey, the next year. Hey, will you be at Stephanie Miller's show at the end of the year? Yes, I will. And we could finally announce it. Thank you very much, Chris. We got to hit a break. But yes, uh, I didn't think we could announce it yet. Then this morning they went ahead and spilled the beans. Uh, We are returning for one show only at the Zaban Theater in L.A. Saturday, October 21st. Myself, Hal Sparks, Frangela, Stephanie. And of course, there's always bonkers, crazy, great special guests. So maybe I'll promote that once or twice between now and October. Chris, you're a gentleman, and I thank you, but I gotta run. Bob Seska's waiting in the wings, and he is consistently the smartest guy in any room he finds his tall self in. We'll be right back with Bob and your calls. This is Progress. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Hey everybody, it's Michael Steele, host of the Michael Steele Podcast. Each week, I discuss key political and cultural issues joined by America's leading activists, experts, and academics for conversations that transcend political boundaries. And that's the point. I want you to join me as we work through real solutions, have honest conversations, just keeping it real, and having a little fun on the side. So listen to the Michael Steele Podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Spreaker, or wherever you get your podcasts on. Because you know I love it when you do. And we are back. We're at 866-997-4748. We are the only show on all of SiriusXM that both Chris Christie and Smokey Robinson have appeared on. I'm only going to talk about Smokey 400 times a day until we get to it. I am so pleased to welcome one of the smartest men in the game. I had a special request via Facebook to bring back the Seska poem, so I apologize. But folks, crack open a fresca. It's time for Bob Seska. 
These fascists are grotesque with their vulgar Trump burlesque. But thank God we got Bob Seska broadcasting from his deska, his humorous Kafkaesca and his height is statuesca. Like the top of Mount Aleska, like John Podesta on a Vespa. Put down that Putinesca and behave yourself, Francesca. It's a politics fiesta when you're rolling with Bob Seska. Hello, sir. Welcome back. <laughs> thank you. Yes, we're getting that requests. never ceases for... to amaze me. I love that. <laughs> it never ceases to alarm me about my amount of free time. Time. How are you, Bob? I, you do one of the you do one of the best political podcasts in the game, and they are keeping you busy. And I I thought yeah. of you uh, when, when we learned the news that that Tucker is going to that great bathhouse in the sky. I thought, oh my God, I've got to wait two days to talk to Bob about this. Your thoughts, sir, on Rupert Murdoch creating one new job this week? Yeah, yeah, I was thrilled. I, I'm still really, really savoring this news. I think this is uh, fantastic news for democracy and the truth. Obviously, they're going to replace him with some other empty suit who they yeah, can stick. Right. They can basically what they could do, John, is they could basically take all of the uh, scripts from that they were going to give to Tucker Carlson and just <laughs> present it with another person. Like if they get Brian Kilmeade in there. They'll just recycle everything that uh, Tucker Carlson said, because that's that's the main thing with Tucker Carlson. <laughs> that is, as far as I'm concerned, so immensely dangerous, which is that he's an empty suit. He is someone who has really no core values, who yeah. can very Correct. easily be uh, puppeteered into saying all the worst things for Thank ratings you. and notoriety. Yeah, yeah. I'm so sick of hearing that Tucker, conservative commentator Tucker Carlson, he is not a conservative. He is a grifter. He is a con man yeah. like Trump. There is no ideology there at all other than, you know, um, warning signs of fascism, getting your getting your elderly white loved ones terrified. Like I was saying to Chris, can you imagine Brian Kilmeade reading the script that Tucker's writers and be, being like, why, why do I keep talking about shifting demographics that alarm traditional americans what what does that mean like it's all racial code talk and in tucker's little yeah. self-pitying video he put out today he did it he he literally talked about uh, once again about shifting demographics like these racists keep finding ways to have a winky wink but but i i'm of a mixed feeling mr seskett i need your counsel because like the dominion ruling i, I was i was happy about it but I also knew Dominion didn't do this to protect democracy. Dominion didn't do no. this because they care about doing what's right. They did this to protect their bottom line. Fox News didn't do this because Tucker lied. Fox News didn't yeah. fire anyone who lied us into war in Iraq. Fox News didn't fire anyone who lied about birtherism. They didn't fire Tucker for lying about January 6th. They, they mm. apparently, the most, they, they, apparently it's his foul mouthed diatribes against his Fox News colleagues and superiors, according to the Wall Street Journal. That, that, you know, in the midst of all of it, they, Tucker found, Tucker called a female senior network executive a cunt. And it was redacted yeah. from a legal filing. That's not the time he called the C word to Donald Trump's lawyer as well. That's twice in one week. I've said that word on the air because of Tucker Carlson. I, I think that's what drove it. I don't think it's that Rupert has any ideology either. I think he just Tucker crossed the line and Rupert got rid of him. Yeah. And I think you may have some experience with this, John, in your uh, history of uh, working in the entertainment industry, which is that the one thing that supersedes ratings and ad revenue in Hollywood or New York City, for that matter, when it comes to television, it's all about relationships. And the 
the mortal sin that Tucker Carlson committed was to shit all over relationships. This, in this case, Fox News executives that uh, yep. you know he was bad mouthing in these uh, text messages and emails. And so, when it comes to that, <laughs> if you you could have the best ratings in the world, you could be pulling in all kinds of ad revenue with your show and your ratings. But if you start screwing people who feed you, if you start biting the hand that feeds, that's going to get you shit canned very, very that's quickly in, in that industry. That's it. I mean, it was, you know, and again, Tucker put that video out and I'm like, OK, we've already learned that Fox News, like anything we hear about this is because someone on one of the sides has leaked it. Right, Bob? You you mm -hmm. know how this yeah. works. So so yeah. anything we hear is because someone at Fox or News Corp leaked it. So when we learned yesterday that Fox News has a vast opposition research file on Tucker in case he ever decides to bite <laughs> the hand that fed him, that they were going to bury him right away. I don't think people would care because he's been vulgar and woman-hating on tape for decades, and it hasn't hurt him. But when I learned today that it was vulgar messages about colleagues and Carlson's belief he was bigger than the network, and that was reported in the yep. Wall Street Journal, who owns that, Bob? That'd be uh, Rupert Murdoch, News Corp. Rupert yeah. is just leaking and having the journal begin to let the details drip out, and it seems like it's to keep Tucker in check. Yeah, absolutely. And it, it it makes me think that my initial analysis that Tucker Carlson is just one of the biggest failures in cable news, having been fired by CNN, MSNBC and now Fox News Channel. Not easy. To it's do. really it, yeah, it really seems to me as if it's not necessarily that he sucks on television. I mean, that's part of it. We all know that he sucks on television. But but from Rupert Murdoch's point of view, from Fox, uh, Fox's point of view, from News Corp's point of view. It, it must have been even maybe going back to CNN or MSNBC. It must have been just Tucker's behavior behind the scenes. Once That's again, it. we get another person who maybe gets too big for their britches, gets a gi gigantic ego, thinks that he can get away with anything with impunity. And but no, that doesn't actually work out. And you think if that were the case. And again, I don't know if it was the case with CNN and MSNBC, but if it were. Well, that explains everything. I mean, it, maybe there's the a history of this with Tucker Carlson, which I imagine he's going to take over to Newsmax or whatever, wherever else, Rumble, wherever else he ends up. Well, that, that's, the, that's the other big debate is the other debate is, um, you know, Bob, where will Tucker go next versus who cares where Tucker goes next? And I'm pretty <laughs> convinced he's not going. I mean, I, when you look at the fact that OAN and Newsmax are both facing their own lawsuits from Dominion and Smartmatic and mm -hmm. Tucker is arguably the number one human reason that Rupert got the fine he got. I, I don't see them hiring him. They wouldn't have the money to afford him to for starters, but I, I don't yeah. see them opening themselves up to more liability. Well, there are other avenues, I think, that may be swimming in cash right now as far yeah. as uh, maybe throwing money at, at Tucker Carlson. Certainly, Don Jr. is getting his money from somewhere, and it's probably well, Rumble. Do, yeah. I mean, that's where he'll, he'll yeah. Joe Rogan and, it out of his home studio. He'll he'll do something Alex Jones independently. And, you know, yeah, that that's way, what I was going to say. Yeah, I was going to say Spotify is next. <laughs> yeah, Spotify is probably next on the list. Uh, you mentioned Joe Rogan that that called to mind that. Maybe Tucker goes to spot. I don't know where he's going to end up. Right. I mean, Tucker Carlson, at this rate, Tucker Carlson could get a podcast that he controls himself, and he'd probably end up getting fired from that, too. I, I mean, there's just <laughs> that seems to be the thing that he does.
You know, um, you know, Bob, you mentioned uh, sucking on TV. I thought that was a pretty good segue to talk about Ron DeSantis a bit. Um, <laughs> Mr. I'm not running for president was running for president overseas all week. Uh, hilarious bobblehead action in, in Japan. Yeah, it's 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 not looking too good for Ronda right now. Uh, it seems like the entire GOP establishment had chosen him. And suddenly the GOP establishment doesn't establish what the GOP is anymore. Yeah, you know, I maybe I'm manifesting it, but I certainly was uh, kind of forecasting it for the past year or so that I thought that as soon as Ron DeSantis enters the national spotlight, as soon as the national Republican infrastructure starts to take a hard look at this guy as a possible replacement for Donald Trump. They would figure out that he just doesn't have the heft for the job. You're so he right. just doesn't I was have wrong the too. You yeah. you've said it, and I have I have been so terrified of this guy, thinking like, oh, that's that's the Bush like mediocrity that can beat Joe Biden. I I'm yeah. I'm not convinced of that anymore. I think he could beat Joe Biden easier than Donald Trump, but it just seems like Donald Trump is doing everything he can do to give old Joe another term. And he doesn't have his own thing, John. Uh, Ron DeSantis has a lot of uh, cosplay. He's kind of a LARPer when it comes to these things. We've seen him dress like Donald Trump. We've seen him do the invisible accordion hands like Donald Trump. Uh, there, are video, there are YouTube videos and TikTok videos comparing Ron DeSantis as he copycats Donald Trump, That's like right. side by side DeSantis That's and Trump. Right. But that that one clip that was going around Monday morning, that was, I guess, if you're Ron DeSantis, you're grateful that Tucker Carlson got fired and erased it from the news cycle. But Monday morning, there was that clip going around of Ron DeSantis doing that bobblehead thing. And you know what? It occurred to me what he was doing in that clip. What was he he doing doing, in that clip? He was doing a little bit of a Reagan impression. Like, as you well, I don't know. I'm not even in the race yet, so I don't know anything. I wasn't in the loop. You know, he was kind of doing that voice and then the then the Reagan head bob thing that he used um, to always do. I, 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 I find it very hard to believe he was doing that, but you get points for a great, <laughs> great Reagan impression. Oh, um, thank you. Yes. The, the, yeah. the impression that everyone can do. Like, everyone can do Jack Nicholson and Ronald Reagan. It's so easy. <laughs> well, actually, yeah. I mean, Nicholson's a whole different story because Rick Overton does a whole bit about how there, there's <laughs> Jack Nicholson. And then there's older Jack Nicholson when he's down here in every role. And it's an entirely different impression that I can't quite do yet. But yeah, I, I, yeah. I, I, I quoted this article last night on the air, Bob. Mm-hmm. This is a, a piece from The Washington Post in uh, 1982, which is titled Reagan Should Not Seek Second Term Majority Believes. Two years into Reagan's first term, almost six in 10 Americans feel that Ronald Reagan should not run for a second term as president, 95% of blacks who were interviewed said Reagan should not run again. 81% of Democrats, um, even Republicans, a third of Republicans in 1982 thought he shouldn't. Uh, 58% of everyone polled said Ronald Reagan should not seek re-election. Only 37% said Reagan should. And of course, two years later, Ronald Reagan saw the greatest landslide of any candidate in history running as not just an incumbent, but at the time, the oldest man ever to serve as president. Sure. Remind you of anything recently? Um, it just sort of seems like... <laughs> Yeah. Well, it, I, it really, really does. And it's driving me uh, bananas with this uh, second-guessing Joe Biden. Look, um, Joe Biden, just a couple of months ago, it was the State of the Union address when Joe Biden on live national television, international television, all over the Internet, uh, in prime time, 
completely impromptu outflanked the entire Republican caucus. Rabbit season, duck season them into supporting vocally uh, Social Security and Medicare. And no cuts to Social Security. They made the pledge right then and there. And and uh, Joe Biden tricked them into doing that. It was an astonishing uh, moment in American history, certainly in presidential history. I haven't seen I mean, we've had presidents who are much, much younger than Joe Biden, who've never been able to accomplish anything like that. So if we're at least looking at the standard of where he is right now with his age right now and his abilities right now. Oh, my God. Sharp as attack. I mean, he may sound uh, odd to someone who doesn't understand stuttering. But uh, beyond that, my God, I I don't know what the argument is here, uh, where that's coming from, other than right wing talking points, other than Fox News talking points. The argument is his low poll numbers. I mean, that's that's the argument. And and I and and the age which people are scared about, which. We've talked about the age a lot. David Rothkopf is going to be on later tonight to talk about his piece in the Daily Beast. Biden is old. Get over it. But I, I, yeah. I, I also feel like what I say to everyone who, who brings this up is tell me the Democrat who's better than Biden who can beat Trump and DeSantis. That's I, I will really get behind them right away. Bring them to yeah, me yeah. and I will pledge my full loyalty as an independent who leans Dem. And I, I just Newsom could do it. Um, you know, there's maybe Klobuchar or, or Cory Booker could do it, but they're not going to run, Bob. You're going to see mm-hmm. RFK Jr. and our friend Marianne Williamson and, and, and maybe one or two other Democrats looking to make a name for themselves. Um, I, I don't think he's going to have a challenger. And I think the party is going to just have to double down on this and hope that he avoids gaffes and does OK for the next two years. He's not going to do any stadium, any big events uh, in any swing states. You know, they're they're going to limit his interviews. They're going to do like, well. Reagan in 1984, they're going to limit his exposure and just run on the record and comparing him to the other guy. And, and you know what? That could work, especially given the fact that the other guy is probably going to be Donald Trump. I mean, honest to God, uh, Donald Trump is not going to, well, I don't want to go out on a limb and say Donald Trump's not going to win the election, but uh, I don't think he's gonna, I don't think he can. I think uh, Joe Biden, as soon as he gains more public visibility, I think his poll numbers will come up. More and public think, visibility uh, than president? Well, no, no, no. I mean, as, as far as like whenever there's a big event that involves Joe Biden, like the State of the Union address, for example. people, oh, okay, go, oh yeah, because I think after four years of Donald Trump, I think a lot of Americans are wondering, well, why isn't the president in my living room 24-7? I don't understand. Where's the president? What's happening? I thought the president was supposed to be yelling at us all day long. What's going on here? (laughs) And that may be a a factor in all of this. I don't know. But uh, I think he's got a very strong shot of being reelected because, as you were kind of hinting at, there's no one better positioned to win a, an elect a presidential election in this country than the person who's sitting in the White House. Having exactly. that having the heft of the White House as a backdrop for a reelection campaign is incomparable. I mean, yeah, right. there are a couple of, I mean, we've got a deep bench on the Democratic side and they're all young enough that they'll have their turn. But none of them if, if they decided to want, run right now None of them would have that uh, gravitas that Joe Biden will have with the White House as his home base. I think uh, that is invaluable for an election like this. 
Bob Seska, you are the smartest player in the game. What is the best way for our evil army of the night to follow you and keep up with all your doings? <laughs> uh, you can follow me on Instagram. The Bob Seska spoutable is uh, just just my name, Bob Seska. And my podcast is bobseskashow.com. Thank you, John. It's good to see you, sir. Thank you, as always. You what bet. a great pleasure. We got to take a quick break. We'll be right back with your calls at 866-997-4748. This is Progress. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. This is SiriusXM Progress. I'm John Fugelsang. We are so excited. Smokey Robinson visited our show today. We can't wait to bring that conversation. When the year began, I said to Chris, here's where you, my, my only goals for the year are Ilhan Omar, uh, Eugene Levy, and Smokey Robinson. And pff, it's not even May. We've hit all three. Um, we're at 866-997-4748. We're going to go to David Rothkopf in just a moment. Want to get some of your calls off the boards if we can. Let me go to, sorry, Joe in the great state of Wisconsin. Hey, Joe, you're on SiriusXM. Hey, John, it is a pleasure to talk to you. An Thank honor. You, sir. Thank you, sir. Hey, um, coolest guy on radio. Uh, <laughs> remind you. us when that Smokey Robinson interview is going to be. Yeah, it's really, it's really good. He didn't hold back. It's, it's, it's amazing. He talks. Smokey is 83 years old. He, watching him, I am not afraid of having an 80-year-old president ever again because Smokey could be our chief executive easily. <laughs> he talked about sex and God and watching Aretha play piano when she was six years old. And the first time he heard John Lennon sing, You Really Got a Hold on Me, it's a great conversation. I can't wait to bring it to you. Wowza. Wowza. Hey, I just wanted to say... My theory, and I don't think this is going to be a mystery to you, is that the Republicans are slim pickings on the rocket ship riding down in, you know, Dr. Strangelove. And they're just going to until until it's over. If, if Slim if Slim Pickens and Dr. Strangelove was convinced that he was going to win the nomination. Yeah. I mean, I just I, I'm amazed <laughs> by the the tunnel vision that they are all running for the nomination of the Republican Party in 2016, and they don't seem to understand you don't win it without people who are really turned off by all this Trumpism. I, well, I've been wondering since uh, Obama was in office and they were fighting with the uh, Affordable Health Care Act, and I just never know. I, I've just been flax-jawed since then trying to figure out what they're thinking. Don't they know that the demographics are going to take care of them eventually? Well, I mean, that's Tucker's very tasteful way of, of putting it. But I think the GOP is thinking of two things. Number one, the party will never break up uh, because of abortion. 
I think that has been the great unifying factor that has held mm-hmm. this party together as as ideologies have gradually shifted. And of course, as they have mounted agenda after agenda that does not serve the needs of the white people who vote for them. And I also think they've learned something very important. Um, they've learned they don't need democracy to win elections anymore. They're figuring out all kinds no. of ways to hang on to power without winning the most votes in certain states oh, or districts. And that, that's my point. They will choke the chicken all the way down until till they're done. They're not yeah. going to they're not going <laughs> to give up. So, yep. Anyway. Yeah, it's going to be an honor to speak to you. Well, thank thank you. you, sir. I appreciate your call, Joe. Thank you very, very much. Thank you. We're at 866-997-GRIT. All right. Joe Biden is old. He has, in fact, been old for quite some time. Did you know this? Joe Biden, uh, as Biden commences his run for re-election, multiple observers are suggesting he's too old for the office, worried about his frailty, or they're trying to overstate it for political gain. If re-elected, Joe Biden will be 82 on Inauguration Day 2025. He'll be 86 when he leaves office four years later. He's already the oldest man to ever serve as president. But what does that really mean? How do we put that in perspective? How should voters assess the fact that in a rational way, that leads them to make the right decision at the polls. So writes our next guest in a fantastic new op-ed in Daily Beast. David Rothkopf is CEO of the Rothkopf Group, a media company that produces podcasts, including Deep State Radio, which he himself hosts. Uh, TRG also produces custom podcasts for clients, including uh, the United Arab Emirates. He's the author of many books, including Running the World, The Inside Story of the National Security Council and the Architects of American Power, and more recently, Traitor. A History of Betraying America from Benedict Arnold to Donald Trump. Again, his new piece is fantastic. Also check out his new book, American Resistance, the inside story of how the deep state saved the nation. What a great pleasure to welcome David Rothkopf back to Sirius XM. Hello, sir. Great to have you. It's great to be back. I love this piece. It's what I've been saying for a long time. I understand the anxiety people have, including Democrats, about his age. But I'm quoting this every night, David. Washington Post, September of 1982, that four out of five or uh, only one out of five people want Ronald Reagan to run for reelection two years into his first term. The numbers were so stacked against him. He was the oldest president in history and people thought he should set aside, step aside, including I, I found this amazing one third of Republicans. And of course, we all know what happened two years later. Yeah, he won. Um, he probably shouldn't have won. But the reason he shouldn't have won, didn't have anything to do with his age. Uh, right. You know, um, the reason he shouldn't have won is that he didn't really have a very good first term. Uh, and, uh, you know, by the time he got to a second term, uh, there were, you know, a bunch of people who wanted him to be impeached for Iran-Contra. Um, and also he began a severe cognitive decline uh, in part because of the result of the assassination attempt on him. Yes, uh, but it led ultimately in later years to Alzheimer's. And in writing about this stuff and talking to people in his administration, you know, they would say he would kind of check out five o'clock in the afternoon, uh, yeah. that they would have to sort of have their hand on the tiller all night long, uh, and that sometimes he was not entirely with it. So, but, you know, I, I, I get the, it gets to the core point, which is age is relative. And uh, the thing that matters is the record, whether they're doing a good job. And, Mm -hmm. you know, Joe Biden is doing a better job than any president past 60 years in terms of getting his legislative agenda through. And he's doing a better job than any president uh, in recent memory, certainly in the past 30 years, 
in terms of foreign policy, strengthening the NATO alliance, leading uh, us with regard to Ukraine, all of which are, uh, are very difficult. Past presidents couldn't do. Uh, he got us out of Afghanistan. Uh, he shifted our focus towards uh, China. He's got a great team around him. Uh, he knows how to delegate. Uh, and, you know, he's done a good job. In fact, you know, 80-year-old Joe Biden is probably a better president than 60-year-old Joe Biden would have been. You know, he's, he's better <laughs> yes. for the experience. Uh, exactly. So it's all, it's all, you know, it's it's all relative. And, I you know, in the article I go through, the health backgrounds of a lot of presidents. Uh, and Joe Biden is also much healthier than mm -hmm. many of his predecessors who were considerably younger than he was, including That's correct. Franklin Roosevelt, Dwight Eisenhower, John F. Kennedy, Lyndon Johnson, Richard Nixon, Ronald Reagan, um, and so on. And, you know, and, you know, Donald Trump, uh, I'll, I'll leave that to you to comment on whether he looks fit. You know what? I'll leave it to you to comment, David. Let me quote you from the piece. Donald Trump, nearly as old and obese, couldn't walk down a ramp without assistance and had trouble drinking from a glass of water. Um, that's where it stands. And I kind of don't understand the reticence of the Democrats to take on the age issue. I sort of feel like they don't need to embrace it. But they can come out and say, yeah, you're right. He's old. Uh, let's look at the alternative. I I've been saying for a while, no matter who he runs against, Trump or DeSantis, he'll be running against 95-year-old Herbert Hoover economics. So ideologically, he's still the young guy in this field. But do you feel that the Democrats just need to stop the worrying and just say, yeah, he's 80 and that's fine. Paul McCartney's 80 and gave a great tour this year. Martin Scorsese's 80, has a new film coming out. It... it I wouldn't expect the Republicans to to realize that ageism isn't going to help their turnout. Yeah, I think you started with the Stones. Mick Jagger's six months younger than 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 Joe Biden. Yeah. Um, and De Niro turns eighty this year. Keith Richards turns eighty this year. Yeah. Well, Keith Richard, you know, he, he's showing <laughs> he's he's been showing it for the past forty years. But but the the, the reality is, uh, you know, Trump has a few things going against him. Among those. He's the worst president in American history. He's totally corrupt. He led a coup. He's the only president to have been impeached twice. He's got, you know, a whole host of legal problems that are going to fall on his head between now and then. Mm -hmm. um, but you're right on the age issue, because, you know, in terms of uh, physical age, uh, you know, obese Donald Trump uh, uh, you know, eating his quarter pounders and throwing, uh, you know, ketchup at the wall is not uh, anywhere nearly in the, 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 the league that Biden is. And right. your point about the Democrats taking it on, uh, you know, was picked up on by, by a Democrat who I, I, I think, you know, is the best possible example of this kind of leadership. And that's Joe Biden today. Because mm -hmm. Joe Biden said, I took a long, hard look at my age before I ran, uh, decided to run for re-election, and people should take a long, hard look at my age. And the reason he said it was he's doing great. Yeah. And, and, you know, if people scrutinize it, they say, well, gee, he's doing great. He's better than the other guy. He's the person with the best chance to save democracy and personal freedoms in the United States. He's in better shape than a whole bunch of past presidents. Uh, this really isn't an issue. In fact, this is kind of a no-brainer. I mean, 
Uh, if the GOP gets, you know, Trump as their candidate, um, they deserve what's coming to them. And I think your prior caller's reference to Slim Pickens astraddle the bomb as it heads to the <laughs> earth is pretty much right. You know, you mentioned all these previous presidents with very poor health. And uh, one thing that they mostly had in common was the public didn't know. I mean, Eisenhower, yeah, he had a heart attack in office in his first term, but uh, FDR famously kept media from photographing uh, or filming his wheelchair. There's only, I believe, according to Ken Burns' movie, only one shot in existence of FDR in a wheelchair on film. JFK really hid from the people how incredible his back pain was and what he did to treat it. Biden's been very upfront about, you know, his office and uh, about his his, his health. And, and I, I have to wonder... Where is this democratic reticence coming from? Do you think, David, that if Joe Biden's basic poll numbers were higher, Democrats would find a bit more bravery when it comes to discussing his age? I don't know. I think his poll numbers, which are higher than Trump's were, are, you know, I think they're a product of living in a hyper politicized uh, age. Uh, mm. When he ran against Trump, he beat him. When he led the Democrats against Trump in the midterms, he beat him. Uh, when you look at the polls today, it looks like he would beat him again. Uh, you know, the states that Hillary Clinton couldn't win, uh, you know, Pennsylvania, Michigan and Wisconsin, uh, he won as That's well right. as Georgia. Uh, he's done a terrific job in, in that respect. By the way, he was helped in that terrific job. And this is another story that Democrats won't embrace um, by Kamala Harris. That's you know, right. and Kamala right. Harris is... A vice president who has traveled the world, who has won praise from world leaders, who has raised uh, and dealt with tough issues from uh, Ukraine to China to Libya to the southern border, um, is at the point on the issues that may decide this election, abortion and gun control, um, uh, is certainly a far better vice president than many we've seen recently. Right. Mike Pence, Don well, you know, uh, when when Barack Obama was two years into his term, everybody was like, oh, Joe Biden, that guy's not going anywhere. You know, and and That's and right. here you have Kamala Harris, who was elected twice as the attorney general of San Francisco. Uh, I mean, the district attorney of San Francisco elected twice as the attorney general of California, the biggest Justice Department of any state in the country, elected mm -hmm. twice to the United States Senate, Preach. led this Senate polls, you know, great support from key parts of the Democratic vote and is a young, uh, a younger uh, candidate. She's, I think, 58 years old, who yeah. is well positioned, should anything happen, to be exactly. an excellent president. And there is this boring, misogynist, racist buzz like, oh, you know, she doesn't get along with her staff and so forth. Well, you know. <laughs> I mean, this is just bullshit. You know, Eisenhower, very good president, screamed at his staff, was known for melting down. Uh, uh, you know, Bob, uh, Obama got pissed mm -hmm. at his staff. You know, but they Trump were men. Clinton. I was in the they Clinton administration. You know, I mean, there were all sorts of things that would happen, and they just never got this stuff. Um, and I think, uh, uh, to be perfectly honest with you, I think – Kamala Harris is going to emerge over the next couple of years as a secret weapon uh, yes. because she and Joe Biden share this trait. That is, they are two of the most underestimated politicians in Washington. Mm -hmm. You know, people just don't see them coming. 
And uh, uh, so far, it has produced, I, I, you know, I'm, uh, I like to say I'm middle-aged, but that's the most, you know, optimistic thing I ever say. You know, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm in my 60s. I've, I've been around a while. I've been in Washington for uh, almost four decades. Um, I've never seen an administration as successful as this one. I was in the Clinton administration. Wow, it was a pretty good administration. Words. No, no. I've, Not I've, Johnson, I, LBJ. I, well, I mean, I was a little kid, right? Okay, but sure. but 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 you know, you got to go back that far to the Voting Rights Act, to the Civil Rights Act, to um, the, the 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 programs that were created to help the poor in the United States, um, to even have a comparable period. And by the way. Johnson had a good domestic track record, but internationally, Indeed. there was the Vietnam War. Exactly. Joe Biden is actually probably the best foreign policy president we've seen in the post-war era, certainly since, I would say, you know, perhaps Eisenhower. Yeah. Um, and uh, and better than George H.W. Bush, who gets a lot of positive stuff. So it's, it's you know, to me, we, you know, we're in a, an interesting uh moment uh, where the Democrats are in a much stronger position than they know. The Republicans are in a much weaker position than they know. Um, and this, you know, this thing could, you know, be, 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 be wide open. The Democrats have a very good chance of taking back the House. Uh, and they may well be able to focus on, on 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 trying to keep the majority in the Senate, which people did not think was possible. I'm so glad you you said what you said about Vice President Harris, David, because I, I maybe I mean you've been at this longer than me. Um, and by the way, you are still middle aged. Sixties is middle aged. Bob Dylan wasn't Thank old you. until he hit seventy five. So yeah. Um, yeah. Well, that's why I'm <laughs> grateful for Joe Biden. That's right. You know, exactly. when you have presidents. Yeah, presidents like Barack Obama, who's younger than me, and I'm like, what this what this something's wrong here. Yeah, exactly. But, um exactly. Bill Clinton was the first time my parents voted for someone younger than them, and it was very, very strange for them. But yeah. you know, I, I'm glad you mentioned her because in, in my lifetime, I've never and I mean never heard anyone say that a previous vice president wasn't doing good at the job what is the job the job is being there if someone dies and then giving speeches that don't get broadcast on tv and and christening ships it is not the hardest job you are a person in waiting we've seen some vps like al gore or dick cheney expand the role and power of the office no doubt but have you ever heard this many media figures criticizing the job a Walter Mondale or Dan Quayle did as vice. What the hell? I never heard anyone say vice that Pence was doing a bad job as vice president. And I don't know what Harris has done that Pence didn't do. Well, you know, there are people who did, you know, Walter Mondale was kind of a better, more empowered vice president than anybody had happened until that time, but was certainly not in any way, you know, like empowered in the way that we've seen here. Um, and, uh, uh, you know, we have seen, uh, I apologize for the dog barking in the background, but okay. uh, we have uh, seen some vice presidents, as you say, like Gore with a lot of power. Cheney had a lot of power, but screwed it up, not to mention yeah. shooting a guy in the face. But, you know, the the war in Iraq <laughs> was kind of bad, you know, and he was the, the force in that. And in fact, he was so bad that the last couple of years that George W. Bush was in office, he had to dial back Cheney. He had to say, right. down boy. 
because he was not that good. Now, you know, Mike Pence, Mike Pence is, you know, an inflatable, uh, um, heavily occupied vehicle lane uh, dummy. Right. I mean, it it literally Literally. looks like the he looks like the dummy in uh, airplane, you know, that comes up in the in, in the in the pilot seat there. And and he, and he did nothing. Dan Quayle. I mean, seriously, Dan Quayle. I mean, Dan Quayle was mocked for his intellect and, and his very unclever remarks and his unkind things he said. But no one ever said he's doing bad at the job. It, you know, like Kamala well, Harris is know, not a that's gaff true, machine. But I mean, yeah. the, the point was he didn't do anywhere near this. Kamala Harris, you know, as Johnson, you know, led the way, uh, he deals leads the way with uh, space stuff. Kamala Harris, according to Jake Sullivan, the National Security Advisor, when I spoke to him about this, has played a leading role on next generation threats like uh, uh, cyber threats and other kinds of things in her roles in the NSC. Kamala Harris, I've spoken to leaders in Europe, in Southeast Asia, in the Americas, um, who met with her on crucial issues. uh, And um, uh, she has done extraordinarily well at the Munich Security Conference, at yeah. summits in in France, in in in, in Southeast Asia. Uh, she's got a solid track record. Uh, but once again, misogyny and racism, you know, rear their ugly head, uh, and people are like, "Well, you know, she, you know, she would be, she would drag down the ticket. She didn't do well in the primaries." Well, that. Yeah. You know, Joe Biden dropped out once early in a series of presidential primaries uh, because he wasn't doing well. Um, uh, People evolve. Perceptions change. um, uh, uh, And, uh, you know, I just think she's she's a she's a very strong player getting stronger, even as the GOP and Trump and whomever he runs with. Uh, you know, I mean, look, look at look at the GOP field. Look at look at him every day. There's some new horrible story. Look at DeSantis. Remember when DeSantis was a shoe in? Oh, yeah. You know, and oh, now yeah. Mickey Mickey Mouse is kicking his ass. You know, who's going to be <laughs> Trump's Trump's vice president? Carrie Lake. You know, I mean, you know, what kind of nut case, you know, are are, are they they going to turn to? Um, Tim, and, Tim Scott. Tim Scott. Yeah. yeah Tim. Well, you know, you know. You know. You know. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Well, we, 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 we all do. I mean, they've got a very, very um, weak bench at the moment. Um, mm-hmm. And so, I, you know, I don't know. This age thing is a distraction. It's I think it's, it is too. it's something we've got to set aside. Well, but but it's sort of like it's something we also have to be conscious of because the topic's not going to go away. The hashtags aren't going to go away. And and, and I, I want to ask you about one more thing. I was really glad you mentioned Senator Feinstein in your piece uh, and reminded us that Feinstein is older than Biden will be at the end of a potential second term. And it's also a very different job. I actually think Feinstein, you know, Joe Biden looks very young next to her. But I I wanted to ask your question on this because I was asked this a lot last week. You know, should Feinstein have to retire? I, I find that the one ism that both liberals and conservatives are equally prey to is ageism. And and for me, I, my fear is if Feinstein were to resign, the GOP would just block a replacement from taking her seat on the Judiciary Committee. Ironically, the best hope of getting these judges approved is if she just gets better from shingles and returns to work. Look, if that happens, that's great. Ageism isn't a good thing. Uh, my view is 
you know, is Feinstein going to get better? Is she going to be up to the job? If she's not going to get better, if she's not going to be up to the job, she should resign. If she can, you know, be up to the job, then she shouldn't resign. Uh, as I, you know, say in the case, you know, Trump is four years younger than than um, uh, Biden. You know, yeah. Trump is not physically fit. He couldn't walk down a ramp. He can't drink a bottle of water. He's, <laughs> you know, obese. He he has shown all sorts of speech patterns that suggest that he is in mental decline. Uh, you know, independent scientists have brought this up. So yeah. it's just it's different. He's he's a 76 year old who I don't think should be president. Biden is an 80 year old who I do think should be president. And um, uh, uh, Feinstein, you know, I think the 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 jury is out. Um, there yeah. we have a long history of old senators. Robert Byrd was in his nineties. Right. Chuck Grassley was eighty nine, I think, just ran for re-election and won. That's right. So mm-hmm. I think he'll be ninety six at the end of this term. Um, uh, you know, uh, Mitch McConnell, who everybody thinks of as a formidable actor, is Biden's age. Oh, Nancy Pelosi, who was the most formidable speaker of the house certainly since rayburn uh, is 82. so you know it just depends on the person yeah, um and right. and whether they're whether they are up to the job and i i just don't know on dine feinstein whether she's going to get better uh uh sooner um, exactly but but uh if she is great that's the best path to getting this stuff done it's going to be amazing to watch. No one in 65 would have ever thought that Nixon would become president. No one in, in 82 thought Reagan could be reelected. Uh, I think Joe Biden's in a very good place. And I think the continuing absence of Roe v. Wade is only going to make his case stronger. David Rothkopf, it's always a great pleasure and honor when you join us. I love your columns. What is the best way for our listeners to follow you, sir, and keep up with all your work? Uh, well, you're very nice to say that. And I, I'm, I'm a big fan of what you are doing uh at twitter i'm at dj rothkoff uh but i think deep state radio is the place to go deep state radio we have eight nine podcasts a week now at the dsr network if you go to the dsrnetwork.com you can get to them all uh and we have uh, more than one a day at this point so that's that's a good way to find me and and a bunch of other good smart people And the new piece in the Daily Beast is called Joe Biden is Old, Get Over It. It's on my Twitter profile right now. I recommend it highly. Thank you so much, David. Have a great evening. We'll see you soon. You too. We will be. Thank you, sir. Right back with your calls. We are at 866-997-4748. We are just getting started up in here. This is Progress After Dark. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. 
conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm John Fugel saying this is Sirius XM Progress. We are at 866-997-4748, 866-997-GRIT. Okay, earlier... I, I I I played a little bit of Lindsey Graham. I want to play uh, Dick Durbin's response to Lindsey Graham saying Democrats are coming out there just to kill babies with a with a thing. Here for a counterpoint, this is Senator Dick Durbin pointing out the GOP's actual end game when it comes to abortion. With the Dobbs decision, Justice Alito and the majority claimed that overruling Roe would finally settle the so-called controversy over abortion by returning the issue to the states and elected leaders. Well, months later, we've learned the opposite is true. The Dobbs decision didn't resolve anything. It merely replaced controversy with chaos, and it paved the way for activist judges and Republican lawmakers to try to impose their anti-choice agenda on everyone else, even in states that have protected the right to abortion. Their ultimate goal is clear total ban on abortion nationwide. Yeah, and it's really unpopular. And they know it's really unpopular. And that's why they're trying even harder to double down and make things worse. It's it's their strategy, really. Let's go to the phones. We're at 866-997-4748. Dave in Washington, how are you, sir? Welcome. Hey, thanks, John. Look, I just want to give my take on why... Um, this Disney controversy with uh, DeSantis was really his death nail as a candidate. And frankly, Do you think that's yeah. it? Really? You think Disney more than Trump? Lay it on me. Well, and, and, and frankly, I think what he did is he cleared the field for Trump. I mean, it's probably Trump was going to clear the field anyways, but yeah. DeSantis really did. But <laughs> the reason why is, is um, look, uh, if you go, look at Umberto Eco, if you look at his 14 points on what he calls er fascism or, or um, you know, primal fascism, original mm-hmm. fascism, mm-hmm. Um, it really applies to everything this, about this modern Republican Party. I've had absolutely – I use those 14 points as a guide to figuring out all their actions, and it, I'm always right. I mean, not me personally. It's just I use that as a guide. Yeah, no, I was I was reading the I was reading the the earlier in the show with a guest uh, with a caller I was reading the uh the Holocaust Museum's poster when you first walk in of their 14 warning signs of fascism and I think we should all be very familiar with all of them, your list and and theirs. Yes, and it is point number 10, I believe. They despise uh weakness. And yep. also um the uh as far as like how is this weak with Look at look at how Trump comments on it. You know, he got destroyed by Disney. Plus, plus um, that, uh, you know, the, the anti-woke agenda is like, they look at that as their top secret weapon. And why is that? Because they can use it. They can use, um, they can use an anti-woke agenda to actually do what they've always wanted to do. And that is propagandize and really program children. Yeah. Right. That and and see, but but I'm not. You know, people are going to say, "Oh, Dave's against woke." No, I'm not. What I'm saying is, if we're not careful, and if we allow these fascists to seize power, they will use it to advance 
you know, without, you know, yeah. they think without guilt, without, um, yeah. you know, no. Oh, yeah, one you're right. No, they will. Right? They will use anything they can to advance any way they can until someone stands up and punches them in the face. Those were the times when people were most thrilled with Bill Clinton and Barack Obama when they held the line against these guys. And uh, honestly, I, I think that Democrats and liberals and moderates want the same thing Republicans want. They want to feel like they're watching someone who's fighting. You know, God bless John Kerry, but he stood there like a pinata and just kept getting pummeled and pummeled. Joe Biden has done a good job of being above the fray and yet still being able to seem playful with them. I thought I, I, I still think his uh, White House correspondent stand up monologue last year was a masterpiece. Well, and I think they believe that, OK, look, the, these are our fellow Americans. Another thing that's helped me kind of understand and, frankly, get along with Republicans. And to tell you the truth, I feel sorry for um, who you have on, uh, Dave. Um, his 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 brother is the car Gosart. It broke yeah. my heart listening to him. Look, man, here's the deal. Um, what you have to, when you're in a foreign country, I don't know if you've ever experienced this. And you, you're, there's a little bit of a language barrier, and someone will say in broken English, um, you know, something outrageous about the United States. Like, yeah. like you might be saying there's 300 million people in the United States, and they'll say, no, 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 there's 30 million. I know that is a lie, right? There's only 30 million people in the United States. Well, you don't get mad about it. Why? Because you don't. You have a language barrier, and you're in their country. I mean, you don't get mad about it. You might actually laugh about it later, right? <laughs> yeah, this yeah. This is how we have to deal with um, our Republican family members and friends. They're well, but that's that's what's great. American anymore. I, I agree, but it, it, you know, I've been calling this the golden age of micro accountability. First, Alex Jones, right, and then Donald Trump getting indicted, the Dominion uh, ruling uh, with Fox, and that deal for three quarters of a billion dollars, and then of course, little, little Tuckums getting fired. Disney sued DeSantis in federal court today, which really, to me, it's like Hunter Biden suing Fox News. You know, this is the whole thing with DeSantis versus Florida. This has divided the Republican Party. And Disney just made Ron DeSantis's life a lot worse. Their their lawsuit said a, tar a targeting campaign of government retaliation orchestrated at every step by Governor DeSantis as punishment for Disney's protected speech now threatens Disney's business operations, jeopardizes its economic future in the region and violates its constitutional rights. I was kind of thrilled when I read that because that's not Disney talking about trans this or gay that. That's Disney making the conservative argument for why they're in the right. And $1.2 is how much state and local taxes Disney paid and collected in 2022. They are the largest taxpayer in the entire state of Florida and them filing suit against the governor and his handpicked oversight board. I, I just kind of feel like it's, it's really thrilling to see people pushing back and to see even Disney, a big corporate monolith that does a lot of evil corporate things while they make very good movies. I'm, I'm really rooting for them because this is supposed to be the party of big business. And we saw under Trump and now under DeSantis, they will attack big business for free speech reasons. That ain't conservative. It ain't sustainable. It's not sane. No, Donald Trump's just going to keep saying it's weak. And remember, they despise weakness. Uh, he, he's going to say what Ron DeSantis is doing is weak. He's already said it sounded like a wrestling match. He's getting destroyed by Disney. I know. Like a wrestling match. You know? I know. Can you believe it? Oh, yeah. Can you believe I'm waiting for Donald Trump to start making comments. Well, he's already made comments about Ron's weight, hasn't he? He's called a meatball. You know, he's... <laughs> It's like when Donald Donald Trump calling you fat is like Keith Richards hosting your intervention. You know, no, no. <laughs>
That's yeah. wonderful the to watch. The cult of masculinity. And just try to remember this. The difference between Biden and Trump's age is a completely ridiculous argument because both of them at that age level, we all know at that age level. I mean, there's it's it's completely impossible to predict because they're both over the, um, you know, the life expectancy. They're both. Well, look, but here, here's the deal. But 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 Joe, Joe, a couple Joe Biden's mother lived to be 92. Okay, so so just keep keep that in mind when we worry about this age thing. But also, look, I get it. Donald Trump is much more, shall we say, he presents uh, as more robust than Joe Biden. He comes off as kind of strong to very weak people. Uh, but when you actually listen to him for more than five minutes, you you realize he's he's kind of vamping it a lot of the time. He's just reading a prompter and pumped up on whatever he's pumped up on. I, I finally decided, Dave, I don't really care about seeing his taxes. I want to see a list of his meds. Yeah, and again, it's cult of tradition, fascist cult of tradition. Um, he's older and he's fat. So uh, because he's older and fat, we, and white, we consider him, um, uh, it's still uh, considered um, not noble, but you know what I'm saying. Uh, when you're old and you're fat, you get a, you get a pass. And male, you know, old, fat, male, and rich, you get a pass. Old, fat, male, white, and rich, you get a pass. Yes, right? but in reality, Joe, yes, but in reality, Joe Biden is probably healthier. He's at a much healthier weight. I mean, Joe Biden's much healthier. Yeah, I don't I don't worry about I mean, like, listen, I'm not a fan of Donald Trump, but I worry about his heart exploding. And I don't worry about that with Joe Biden. I, I think the, the plaque around Donald Trump's heart could could stop light. I mean, it, it, it could be a missile shield. It's crazy. So we'll see. But don't forget, Asa Hutchinson's in the race now. You heard about this. Can we play this? Here's former Arkansas Governor Asa Boom Boom Hutchison. He launched today his 2024 presidential campaign, showcasing the requisite amount of disdain for the poor and unfortunate to please the Republican donors and voters. As governor, I turned down federal assistance that discouraged a return to work. But the Biden administration paid people more benefits to stay home than they could make working. This is wrong. As president, I will open doors for more worker training and better pay, and we will require work for able-bodied welfare recipients. Lowest unemployment rates in 50 years. Uh, I, I kind of also think that they, the Hutchinson campaign might have might have gotten on the wrong foot with their campaign slogan, Asa in your face. I, I think it's great, but I don't know if it's going to work. Yeah, and he's um, also back to the 14-point list. He is. He thinks too much. He's too cerebral. They're going to chalk him up as um, emasculating. <laughs> He's emasculating. So they're mm. not going to support him. Yeah, anyway. yeah. It's more like Asa in sixth place. Up, I guess, would be fair. <laughs> hey, thanks, man. It's good to hear from you. Uh, yeah, good to hear from you, John. Take care. We're also smoking far less than what we used to smoke just a decade ago. The CDC put out a new report, and it's it's rather interesting, and Gallup has a new poll. Avoiding or quitting cigarettes is one of the most important actions we can take for our health, right? Because smokers' life expectancy, conservatively, is at least 10 years shorter than that of non-smokers. I don't know how Keith Richards made it to 80. I really don't. It's, it's always shocking when I see these guys who <laughs> lived longer than my dad, but rich people live longer. Um, but the steepest decline in smoking has been among younger Americans. And I bring this up for a reason. Uh, One, the study just came out, but also the class action suits against the cigarette companies are what broke them. It wasn't health. It wasn't facts. You know, seatbelts save lives, but some people still won't wear them. 
right? Like we, we, we know that smoking is bad for you, but people kept on doing it anyway. And it wasn't until class action lawsuits went after the manufacturers, we began to see things change. For many young people, cigarettes are just too expensive now. Well, imagine if AR-15s were too expensive because there were so many class action suits against the gun manufacturers. Here's the deal. Uh, young people, they don't smoke. I mean, nowhere near what they smoked as recently as the 80s or 90s. Among young adults, 18 to 29, the rate of smoking dropped from 35% in the early 2000s to 12% today. 12 there were, it was more than 12% in my junior high school that smoked. This is just 18 to 29, only 12%. And that demographic went from the likeliest age group to smoke to the second least likely. The likeliest group is, you know, adults over 65. They're the least likely group to smoke because they're still alive. Rates of smoking cigarettes are falling, but the decline in tobacco use has totally flipped because vaping is so huge among young people now. But even the combined share of young people who smoke cigarettes and vape is lower than the percentage of young people who smoked two decades ago. And again, whatever you think of vaping, you're not getting all the smoke and the tar. It, this would have been inconceivable in the 80s or 90s. I mean, just 30, 30 years ago would have been inconceivable. Only 12% of young people are smoking now. It's because we stopped waiting for leaders to lead and people began suing the cigarette companies. We want to know what you guys think. We're at 866-997-4748. Let us go to Bill in New Jersey. Bill, thanks for your patience on hold. Welcome. Good evening, John. Hello, sir. Um, you brought me back to my youth when uh, my father used to drive with us smoking uh, cigars in the car with the windows rolled up going through the Lincoln Tunnel. Yeah. And uh, I would be like vomiting. I mean, it was it was disgusting. But anyway, I mean, I remember seeing that. I remember growing up, and my parents would always point out people with the car windows rolled up, smoking with kids in the car, and it was crazy to me. I got to say, I, I don't see it that much anymore. Right, right. But think about Keith Richards. If he didn't smoke, he'd probably live to one hundred and fifty. Can you right? believe it? But it also shows wealth as the factor. I mean. You know, yeah. God, God bless David Crosby. David had mm -hmm. every kind of disease you can imagine and did every kind of drug you can imagine. And he made it to his 80s. Mm -hmm. Bob Dylan made it to yeah. his 80s. I mean, my dad never touched mm -hmm. drugs. He would have a beer at dinner, but never drank anything heavier than that. Mm -hmm. And my dad died of heart right. disease in his mid 70s because it's wow. a poor people's disease. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter how much drugs yeah. you do. If you're rich, you can afford to have mm -hmm. a healthier lifestyle because rich people mm -hmm. have got it figured out. Yeah. Yeah, I, I uh, I'm still working on my ultimate junk food. It's uh, deep fried, sugar coated salt. Oh, I think I nice. could market it really easily. Yeah, um, yeah, I think that's great. You know what you should call it? Just call it just on the box. Just write buy and then sell it with that. <laughs> It'll be good. Yeah, but anyway, I, I called about because I was really upset when I heard that the, one of the proposals for the uh, budget is this stupid, you know, make people who are on medicaid work mm -hmm. and we went through that in new jersey with chris christie it was called employment first i had two brothers who were at one now who's uh mentally uh, impaired from birth and uh he's in a group home i mean that's one thing that could happen with the republicans uh with christy whitman she she got rid of the institutions and put all the money in the group homes 
The only thing was the people who were working in institutions weren't integrated into working in those homes. But anyway, under my brother for 30 years worked in what was called a, a sheltered workshop in New Jersey. And it's uh, like a place where you would go. And in his case, it was in a, uh, a nonprofit old age home in the basement. And they would give the, the old age home some money. And they would use the basement to do piecework, like putting stuff in folders, putting airline you know utensils in bags. My brother was uh, really into uh, shrink wrapping and stuff. Right. And they'd get like a five dollar uh, uh, check every week, you know, because they're not supposed to have money. And my brother was so proud of the check he earned and the work he did and everything. Well, Chris Christie got got rid of all that. And then he had this work requirement thing. People who are profoundly, I mean, from birth, unable to take a shower or anything by themselves, he wanted them to be figured out where they get some work out of them. And Jeez. then he instituted this crazy bureaucracy where you had to write, he had people like in the, uh, the home where he lives have to write down every 15 minutes what his activity is. So that they could work out the pr- cost to the state, like if he was in the bathroom or whatever it was, it was wow. insane and intolerable. And, wow. Uh, yeah, and my brother, you know, that after Christie was gone, they they set up some. Oh yeah, uh, you know, and Christie was deemed like a nice guy. He wanted to raise the social security to seventy two. Oh. I know. Um, well, you. By the way, you you've convinced me to not vote for Chris Christie in 2024. And remind everyone: any politician that says they don't want to cut Social Security but wants to raise the eligibility age is a politician who is trying to cut Social Security. We got to go. Thank you, Chris. Thank you, Thea. I'm John Fugelson. Keep it tuned to SiriusXM Progress. Peace.